0: Hey, Champagne Sharks, episode 32. This is T on Twitter. You can find me at Ricky Rawls, R-I-C-K-Y-R-A-W-L-S. And we have D Mills. Hey, everybody. It's uh,
1: MD Mills. You can catch me on Twitter at don't at me at MD Mills 79.
0: Okay, and we have Mike.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Mike
0: at Black Exception One. Get it on. OK. Hey, um, D, you're going to talk about something with Michael Slager? Uh, <coughs> I was actually um, I saw the article come across my. Uh,
1: my Google feed, and it was saying, uh, let's see, the post and carry. I just posted the link in the room right now. As Michael Slager nears demise of North Charleston okay, Police cool. Review deals blow to reform efforts. So I guess this is some fuckery by uh, by uh, Sessions here. I don't know what it has to do. Uh, you, you guys don't want me to read the whole article. Do you? Uh, or do you... Uh, 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 shor- let me see. Is
0: it or is it long? It's up to you. Wait, let's read the highlights.
1: Uh... Okay. Um, with former north charleston police officer michael slager on the verge of learning how much longer he will stay behind bars for shooting walter scott authorities have scuttled a broader push for police reform by ignited by the killing the u.s department of justice late friday abandoned an assessment program meant to identify faults in police procedures recommend changes and monitor progress Federal officials are expected to walk away from months spent since spring of 2016 interviewing residents, observing police officers and analyzing agency policies. Instead, the Community Oriented Policing Services, or COPS, office said it plans to refocus its efforts on giving police agencies the help they want in fighting violent crime. We are here to provide assistance and support. Cop spokeswoman Shannon told The Post and Courier not wide-ranging assessments and progress reports. Okay, so um, its new direction aligns the unit with ideals stressed by President Donald Trump's administration and veers from the sort of scrutiny that North Charleston city officials signed up for when they answered community calls for reform in the wake of Scott's April 2015 shooting death. Emerging information in Slager's criminal prosecution also might indicate a shift from the sort of prison sentence some advocates envisioned when they saw a bystander's video of the officer firing eight times as the fifty year old black man ran away. the scene that brought national scrutiny to the North Charleston Police Department. Okay, so somehow, some way they're saying that something happened that this guy might end up getting less time than everybody thought when he pleaded guilty to violating uh Slager's I mean uh violating Walter Scott's civil rights. Uh let me see if I can skip to what they talk about. So to summarize it, basically Sessions Justice Department is pissing away uh about a year's worth of investigation that a uh a federally appointed investigatory team was doing. Um and all of the recommended changes that came out of what they observed during their process you know, where they interviewed citizens, where they observed law enforcement officials doing their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to recommend a bunch of changes. All that's been pissed away and they're there to give the police whatever they need to help fight violent crime. So in other words, to help further subjugate the population of
0: that area. Um, Here's something I don't understand in this article. It says, Slager pulled over Walter Scott's car for a broken brake light, but Scott ran. They fought, and Slager said Scott grabbed his taser. But the device fell, and Scott started running. Um, it's kind of stated as fact, but how was it established that they fought? Was it ever caught on camera?
2: Yeah, it was on video. They struggled. I wouldn't say fought. You know, fought implies that, you know, it was no blows thrown. It was just, he was... uh, I should say resist. I would say more resistant okay. would be the word. He was I trying to break us from the. He officers. was trying to get away Basically. from him. He was, you know, uh,
1: it's like the when a child is trying to okay, run from okay, a, from right. an adult or okay, something, and right. the adult's that's trying right. to grab him to prevent him from running, and then the child gets away, and you know, by flailing his arms. Yeah.
0: So, so he was struggling. He was struggling to break free. Right. It wasn't like they were fighting. Like you know, exactly. I'm, no, he I'm didn't. to fight. Okay,
1: like okay, we're getting ready to fight. It wasn't anything like that. That's a definite exaggeration.
0: Oh, I, I thought I was trying to say like you know they were going all out like he was trying to fight. I got it. So exactly. he, he was trying to struggle to break
1: free. And get um, away. I'm trying to get to the part where they okay. break down Pretty why much. they think this guy's going to get less jail time though. That's what I'm interested in seeing. Did you get to that part, T? You might be reading ahead of where I was at. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was
0: saying. A present, it was
1: a present something. Know, what is that? A presencing investigation Oh, a pre-sentencing investigation done in the four months since Slager pleaded guilty to a civil rights violation appears to initially support his argument for less prison time than federal prosecutors are seeking. As review of that, as evidence of that view, the prosecutors objected to a draft of the report while Slager's attorneys did not say multiple sources with knowledge of the process. That's interesting.
0: It's, it says here, right, he has the, the judge is the option of determining if it's either voluntary manslaughter or second-degree murder. And manslaughter could bring 10 years while murder could bring uh, 20. And what's interesting is it said time could be added if the judge decides that Slager misled investigators into thinking Scott was coming at him. But he could also could get credit for accepting responsibility for the crime, which doesn't even make sense to me. Like he's, he was caught on camera. What a, what chance? What right. what a choice did he have but to uh, quote unquote accept responsibility? I mean, before he knew that there was camera footage, he was lying and saying that's that, uh, right, that he Scott for was coming body. at him,
2: so, and he practiced his saber like yeah, yeah. Afterwards. So uh,
0: it's crazy the idea that he can uh, get reduced time for accepting responsibilities so to speak it's like being caught red-handed mm-hmm. and saying okay you got me then I- i'm <laughs> expecting props now yeah. for admitting you got me
2: you know what the other crazy part about this story to me is 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 the fact that the um uh the state uh was it uh south carolina yeah, I, I decided not to recharge him. After the oh. after the first after the first hung jury, they decided that they're not going to recharge him. And I'm like, well, you know, that's just that just boggles my mind. Like how how, and after he pled guilty, that really, you know, it's like you got him now because he's already admitted to. He can't come into court and yeah, be not that's... guilty now that he's admitted.
0: I, I feel like I feel like when this guilt. camera footage comes out, their big concern is like, oh, shit, how are we going to acquit him now? Like like it's not it's not even like that's the only thing this camera footage does. It's like man, we're going to really have to be creative now to not prosecute him. So that's why I think all this body cam talk is just garbage. You know, look, they look did. At this. It this seems like they, they... They're clearly...
1: yeah. It seems like they narrow the types of charges that the man can be convicted for. Is that one of the tricks that they use in order to get these acquittals? Like, you can either say that he's guilty of first-degree murder, that he planned it out, and acted at in malice, or you have to say, you know, this other thing, and then they say, and you can only use those two factors to determine whether or not he's guilty. And then the jury says, Okay, well, if that's the only thing that I can do, then I guess I can't say that he committed first degree murder. Is that is that kind of the trick that they use?
0: Well that happens sometimes. Yeah, you well, I'm not sure yeah. one in this case.
2: I'm not sure if that's the case. In this case, overcharge, um, well, yeah, You know thing. they, you know, except, they mm-hmm. do that all the time. They did that with Zimmerman. You know, you know, with us. What is what is, oh, it, yeah, what it's, is a black person? They, I've seen a, I've yeah. seen them throw like four or five charges for just mm-hmm. like getting caught with a, a bag of crack. They got yeah, 10, you know, possession so. of crack cocaine, possession of crack cocaine within 10,000. Yeah, 10, possession of crack cocaine within ten thousand. You know. It's 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 all this it's all this yeah. You know, but they they figure out every they, every charge exactly. They get the they full range. You just see what with, with these guys?
0: They're going to pick them, one thing, and they'll either yeah. overcharge you, so then they could say, "Oh, we have to let them go," you know, or they or Make it really narrow. Make it real
1: narrow. What you can actually be convicted of when they present it to the jury. That, I, there's, yeah, like that guy. Um, yeah, I think uh, he. What the
2: hell he was,
1: was
2: his name? in Chicago they, yeah, he shot he avoid uh right 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 that that's how he got off he had a he had a bench trial and the judge said because the judge said for for what whatever the prosecution approved that they should have charged him with i think first degree murder or second degree murder but they had only uh brought charges for a lesser offense mm-hmm. and he dismissed uh, all of it well, you he know, it's funny
0: them. i made not funny but said I made the mistake of scrolling down too far and getting into the comment section and, and all the racist Facebook comments oh. um, popped up and I don't know why, right? That's, that's really interesting to me. Uh, all these websites created Facebook. this thing now you yeah, have to use your Facebook to, to, uh, to make comments and I think mm-hmm. the thought behind it was hey, if we make people comment using their real Facebook accounts because it's the real Facebook, they're going to police themselves better and it's going to cause a lot of racists to stop leaving comments. And I made swear it worse somehow, Facebook comments... Yeah, it's worse. I don't know what it is. Every time I see comments to an article on race and the comment thread uses verified Facebook logins rather than just anonymous randos, people are worse somehow. Like, that Facebook... Facebook really something about it, when you're doing stuff from your Facebook account, people really let their racist freak flag fly on uh, Facebook. It's really weird. So people are just true, going in on these
1: cameras. It almost makes you wonder if this is like alternate Facebook accounts because I, I can't imagine that these guys, you know, with their real faces and names are on here saying some of this stuff.
0: Yeah, I think Trump's really, yeah, uh, really emboldening people too, man. Because uh, Facebook racist grandpas, this is their time to shine. Because Trump is basically like a racist Facebook grandpa. He's like, he's a human, like, um, he actually posted like that that black on black crime meme that ended up not even being real stats. That's something like a Facebook racist uncle would do. You know, he's he is that guy. So that, you see all these people who are getting filmed saying racist stuff, and there's some black person filming them. Like, really? Oh my god, really? You gonna say that and the, and the person will say, Yeah, nigger film me, I don't care. Yeah, I'll say it to your face, you know? It's like people yeah, yeah people are just <laughs> ranting on camera and they don't even uh care. Yeah. It's
1: crazy, man. And then they'll say I'm not racist. Like yeah. they'll go on this, this racist rant and call you niggers and this, that and the other and say, And I'm not racist, but you've pissed me off That's <laughs> like, wait a minute, what <laughs> what exactly makes you a racist then? If you're
3: they to, man like, you try.
0: you to turn racist into just a word that doesn't mean anything. Like it's just like a slur, you know, just yeah. just like nigger. So it's like it's not the like, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah, just like you can't really do anything yeah. to be a nigger. Just who you are. Like you can't actually do yeah. anything to be a racist anymore. Like you know. Uh, oh
2: yeah, I mean, yeah. If yeah. you're black, if you're black, you call. And out that's racists. a you're the racist to be a that. racist. That's, that's their thing.
1: That's mm-hmm. like saying there's.
2: Yeah. Well, Obama's a racist. Obama's just
1: racist. that's like saying like, calling you a nigger bro. and then say, well, you know, they could white they could be white niggers too. You know, it doesn't just mean a
0: black person. It's uh, like okay, that. get out of here.
2: Yeah, it means ignorance. yeah, but, right, means but somehow, right. but somehow yeah. you only ever use
0: it on black people. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, right. one thing yeah. uh, I want to talk about as well because people keep asking me about this people are asking, why do you always go in on blerds? Blerds being black nerds. And the <laughs> idea behind it is, you know, oh, you're picking on uh, black nerds. So I think black nerds are some of the worst racial politics ever, especially when, it, when it's time to fight uh, anti-racism. So I feel it'd be a good time to get in, get into that. And yeah, anytime you see black nerds involved in politics it just tends to be so bad and they're really big into that representation matter stuff like they really are big into we want to see it at the table oh, yeah. we want to be represented like the uh, same problematic stories but just make sure that there's black people in it like you know I want a black spider man I want a hispanic green lantern like they're not interested in challenging any systems or whatever or, or they're big into like oh we want interracial relationships on the screen. Like that's all they care about. Like uh in that show yeah. Sleepy Hollow, they were all shipping, you know. Shipping oh. is shipping is when a fan base is really eager for a certain relationship to happen. So they were really shipping really hard for um the white lead and the black lead to get together. Yeah, yeah. And when she left the I show, she, I think she left on her, her own position. Like, I don't think she even got fired or anything, but they flipped out and attacked the makers of the show. Like you guys were scared of her interracial relationship, and maybe the maybe
1: she didn't want that. Did they ever think that? Like the they were pushing for that, but the the actress didn't want to do it or something. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, they and, and,
3: and wants, but they, they want. And,
0: and, and if she didn't want, they want. that, they probably get they probably get mad at her. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I want to see some yeah, swirl, yeah yeah, is, yeah, yeah, the infamous swirl. Yeah, and there was this show on uh, Supergirl and they were going to set up the Black Jimmy Olsen character with the Supergirl character and I had seen the I had seen the show and they had oh. no chemistry. Cool. But second season they just killed the storyline and a lot of blurs were getting mad like I guess you guys are afraid of a uh, interracial couple and they were got like, really really upset. Like they really felt like, you know, yeah that, that that's
1: the uh that's the holy grail for a lot of black people unfortunately man it's like what you talked about last week about how do you know like the solipsism like how do you know you're beautiful unless a white person tells you you know
0: yeah yeah
3: yeah
2: and i think with the blurred even yeah. it's even more intensified because they 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 so identify with the the white characters in the stories and they just want that proximity at all costs it's even, I think it's worse with them than it is with you know the average yeah. black person that just seeks white. It, it's, it's intensified. It seems to be in my. You know, remember when that uh, uh that Star Wars with uh, when they had uh, uh John Boyega uh, uh uh he played in the you know, uh, the, you know the, the not the last one but the the previous Star Wars uh movie. Uh, his character Finn. Right, his, right. He right. had the character Finn and. When, even before the even before it came out, and they were showing the commercials, and it, it seemed like Finn mm-hmm. was going to be this mm-hmm. badass character. And uh, I, I think mm-hmm. I think Tariq I think Tariq did a show on it uh, where he's like, "Man, don't get your hopes up," and all this and all that. And he was mm-hmm. making fun of, the, he was calling them nigga nerds, and <laughs> oh, they were so upset, and they were I mean, they're so thrilled about uh, 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 John Boyega's character. He's going to be a black Jedi, and uh, and you know. And then after the movie came out, and, and uh, Tariq critiqued it. They just,
3: mm. you know, they
2: trolled him forever for that, and you, they made videos. And it was it was hilarious to me just their their over the top reaction to Tariq's critique of blurred culture. Uh, yeah, you know, Boyega's character in the movie. Yeah, yeah, um, it was hilarious, man.
1: It seems like they have a lot. Of he- they're they're very heavily invested in that that culture and. Um, even more so than the people, the white participants in the culture. You know, I don't know, I don't know what it is about that, oh, where sure. they feel like they have to go harder for the thing than oh, even the people who originated the culture. But, you know, they, they really do. It's amazing to me sometimes.
2: You know, I don't, I, you know, but, the, but the, I don't know, man, because the, a lot of the white fans are the opposite. I remember they were so upset mm. when they thought Finn was going to be this badass, you know, Jedi Knight. They were they were upset. We, we don't have to, you know, this diversity, this and blah 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 yeah. and whatever whatever, you know. So, it, it, it you know they go also hard. Yeah, for and the that's other the thing way, we talked about. I mean?
1: We talk about that a lot, like how um, a group or or a minority within a group goes harder for the culture. Than the actual uh, majority of the group yeah. members themselves, you see a lot of that outsiders, right? Yeah. It's just like um, outsiders. It's the same thing in the blur yeah. culture. You know, when they go to these events, when they go to the events where there's a lot of cosplay and things like that, um, and they they get very sensitive about the critique of that stuff. You know, and it's just like um, you're, you're taking away some type yeah. of value, intrinsic value for, of, of theirs when you when you critique that culture and when you try to lift a mirror up to it and show them that look look at what these people kind of think about you guys sometimes look at look at this why are you guys fighting so hard for for this acceptance why do you want um marvel characters for example to to take certain characters and make them black or why are you so happy about black panther things like that they get really really upset about that because it's like you you're taking away their their a part of their life, man. It's, it's crazy to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is, man. Uh, I don't know if I ever sent this to you. It was, it was a while back, but there was a guy. I think I did. There was a guy on YouTube. He uh, was viewing the trailer for, uh, yeah, that they put out for the oh, Black yeah. Panther movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember and he that. Was actually, crying. the guy that. Uh... It was the first trailer, right? Like the first uh the first major trailer for the movie.
2: Yeah, the first whatever the, yeah, the yeah. first the very first I thing remember I, that. I heard yeah, of. Yeah. It. See, that's what i, I was, believe he, it was. This guy
1: he was crying like his life's purpose had just been shown to him. Like this everything that I've ever wanted in life, yeah. this is the summation of it. And God just opened up heaven and delivered it to me personally. <laughs> that's how he was crying. It's crazy. Yeah. But
2: uh, yeah, man, hey, for real, you know. Like, um, uh, um, and what was I gonna say? The uh, the other funny thing about it is, it's like when I, you know, you see somebody like, well, why don't y'all, you know, you guys are creative and you're into right. this. Why don't you? Why don't you create what you want to see? You know, well, it's never gonna be on that level. So you oh. know, that's not You no, know, they never really have off. a good answer yeah. for that one.
1: And that, and that to me, that pisses me yeah. off too. That pisses me off too, because okay, there's a lot of black comic creators that create original content, and they can barely get sales right now. You know, and and the guys are there; they're going to all the conventions, they're doing everything that they have to do in order to to get their material out there, and it's high quality stuff. You know, it's not just you know, it's not some half baked um, comic book character that they drew on a sketch pad and they want to try and sell. This is very well developed stories. Um. Very well done art and art direction, man. There's some talented brothers out there that are really trying to to do their thing independently, and sisters too, that are trying to do their thing independently with comics. And it's like all that energy that you put into rooting for a Black Panther movie. Why don't we take some of that energy and and, and enthusiasm and and put some of that into you know some of these original black characters like there's one called purge right and purge has been around since like the early 90s he was an extremely popular character back in the early 90s that had his own little following and everything like that and um you know this guy he can't he can barely get a few thousand buys now
0: yeah i mean i think something that happens too is these people grow up uh, you know, because I grew up reading comic books too, and I still read them, uh, not to the degree that I used to. You know, because it's the same stories over and over again. But uh, what I remember is you read a lot of these old books, and it's natural to identify with the white hero. You know, so I guess what starts happening is you um start realizing, okay the black guy is never getting tricks, You know? The black guy is like, never gets to really beat the big bad guy, you know? He might like beat up the henchman or whatever, but he's not the one that's uh gonna take down the big bad. Or or like little things like that. And I think a lot of these people get really, really kind of fed up with it. And they just get obsessed yeah. with uh just seeing themselves there, but even when they get the representation they want, a lot of times it still sucks because Finn really yeah. sucked in Star oh. Wars. I mean, that guy was they would not have they would not have done a white male like that. If it was a white male, they would not have him basically be the sidekick to um a white girl and basically be like her puppy dog, you know?
2: Yeah, he was her bitch. Yeah. He was her bitch.
0: Yeah. It was like they, they figured, okay, we have to build up a white female character, but let's not do it at the expense of um a white male hero. So so this would be a great chance to put a black male hero there and have him just be very emasculated. I mean, he wasn't even like a real stormtrooper. Wasn't he like in charge of garbage detail like they find out later? I think that was one of the
1: lies he told or something. I don't know. It, it, that character was all over the place, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was
2: a lying yeah, fool too in that yeah. movie, wasn't he? Yeah, he
1: turn
0: around? He was yeah, to lie about something. Kind of like a yeah, he, yeah, and and he yeah he, at one point he said didn't he just something like droid please, which I guess was supposed to be a, a play on on niggle please. Really? He was like droid please, so, so, like like it was really a coonish character. Mm. It was so it was it so <laughs> bad. He was always bugging his eyes out. Yeah, he's always yeah. scared all oh, the yeah. time.
1: That, that was really. A-
0: but you, but you couldn't tell the
2: blurs that though they were, oh my god, you, they would they would bite your head off if you said that. They you got know?
0: really mad at me on Twitter too. They were saying I was reaching, like you know, oh, I guess you just don't want to see black characters succeed. That's
1: bullshit. That's like, if you on. if you go back and you look at John Boyega's, uh, I don't know if you, either of you ever seen Attack the Block, but he was he, in that movie. He was a competent, tough smart minded street kid. You know what I mean? So he has the ability to play that role. I have no idea what went into the developmental process when they were creating the character of Finn where they just wanted him to be a feckless buffoon. I, I don't know why they would do that guy like that.
3: Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. You know? He was he was like a man, very good he, actor. He was like Mantan morland in that movie. He was uh really bad. It was it was so ridiculous and he was just there to showcase uh the white yeah. girl. And what's interesting about him too if you notice, he was never actually really motivated by justice. Everybody else kind of was, uh, including um that Poe Dameron character. They were kind of motivated by duty, by justice. He was just motivated by chasing the white girl. That's the only thing that ever motivated him to action. Yeah. It's like, Ray, yeah. Ray. That's all he did. Like every for anything else, he's just like, It's not my problem. I'm I'm running. I you know, forget it. You know, it's not my business, you know? Yeah. Like even his urge not to kill—you never really got it so much of it being really for because killing is wrong more than he didn't have a stomach for yeah. it. It, was, it felt like
1: like he didn't really even make that clear, and it kind of goes against the whole Star Wars mythos. Anyway, I don't I don't recall, and I'm not familiar with like the uh, the expanded Star Wars universe, but I'm just talking specifically about the first trilogy and even the second set of trilogy movies. Um, except for the Jar Jar Binks character, um, there was never a buffoon in the Starboard Star Wars mythos. Was there, unless uh, something escapes me? There was never. I guess the closest you could say was like Han Solo, but even he was competent. I mean, Han Solo he had some
3: funny moments,
1: but he was a rogue. Han was a rogue. He wasn't a, right. uh, a buffoon.
0: He was what they call a rake. Uh, right. that's just, that's the yeah. trope he was. He was never a buffoon because he was competent. He just, you know, you had to find out he had a heart of gold after he was more exactly. that he had questionable morality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was a hustler. Yeah. 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 He was a
1: bootlegger. One of those kinds of rough around the edge. Yeah. The yeah. But he was never, like you said, Like I said, he was never a buffoon. I don't think I'm trying to think in my head, man, like not C3PO. None of these people were just buffoons.
0: Oh, I remember something I said. that got a blurred man on uh, Twitter because I pointed out to them. I said, uh, "Do you like Jar Jar Binks?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I said, "Well, congratulations, we have a live action one
3: now." Because <laughs> he <laughs> Oh, he's going. You're
0: going to get yourself was, killed, man.
1: They they going to want to go Oh, he up. got
0: so, he got so mad. He goes, "How is he like Jar Jar Binks?" I'm like, "He's totally jar- He's a live action like like uh." george lucas got in trouble for having a uh, minstrel character cgi but who knew that all he had to do was actually put a real black person <laughs> as jar jar binks and it would be fine because of representation like so basically the only problem with jar jar binks was that a black guy didn't get to play the role exactly. for
1: exactly even know? even george lucas you know he knew better than to do that you know what i mean and yeah. remember, like, see, this must be a millennial because Jar Jar Binks was a was a despised character. They hated Jar Jar oh, Binks.
0: Yeah. That oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, I might have told the story wrong because he told me he didn't like Jar Jar. Binks. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. Yo, no, I might have fucked up the story. Oh. Yeah, he didn't like Jar Jar Binks, and I was like, well, congratulations, because now you do, because this guy is. <laughs> live action Jar Jar Binks right. and that's why he got mad at me because he was like because he knew Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be bad yeah
1: yeah well shit even Jar Jar Binks came- kind of did something cool in the movies I mean you know then he kind of he, he kind of had some cool moments you know as annoying as he was you know he got all his people together and rallied them to help uh oh Jedi, yeah that's right? true he did
0: he did yeah. uh Everybody took turns smacking around Finn. Yeah. I think didn't even the robot bitch slap remember the
1: robot time? was like, like, you know he was like the, the robot was like a little whip, you know he was giving him a little whip to the back when he oh like, yeah, you're right, holy yeah. shit, you're
3: <laughs> right,
0: oh my God,
1: yeah, oh um, my God
2: I, um, I like that the memes oh.
0: that, I like the memes that blurge I like the memes that do uh-huh. where where they get this <laughs> stuff where they get really invested in one of these characters, so and I can't find it. I wanted to find it. But there was one blur who posted this thing, right? Where, you know, the 1968 Olympics where, you know, the fist up in the air, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the gold medal, silver medal, and the uh, bronze. And two of the guys had a fist up in the air. Yeah. And then they yeah. did that, but they had Black Panther, uh, I think Captain America, and a third person. And they were reenacting that, like, like the white superhero had that. his hands down. Yeah. And the and the black ones had their fist up in the air, Mm -hmm. and I was like, you realize all these characters are created by white people, right? Right. Including (laughs) Black Panther. We don't want to hear that. Yeah, it's it's like (laughs) it's just still like a white created character. Like, like it's just making white people rich. Right. Like none of this money is going into black people's pockets, Mm -hmm. you know. But the actual black comic book that's creator owned that actually would put money in um black people's pockets, you don't even want to look at that because. White people aren't interested. Exactly. exactly.
2: And it's giving you that representation that you say yeah, you want. Yeah, it's giving you. It's giving you, it's giving you, you, want, you want to be represented. You want to see yourself in these heroic situations. You want to be, you know, the, they you know, say, the hero. They would say, well, why can't we have but
1: both? You want them to they make say, it. Say, the well, hero. Why can't we have both? Well, you, you're but not they don't want equal, both. No, because, because you're it's not it's giving different. equal attention and energy to both. You're giving most of your attention and energy yeah. to the Marvel white characters. I mean, the white establishment. But,
0: but the reason why they're not going to be into that creator-owned thing is because white people aren't checking for it. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like exactly. how the Soul Train Awards doesn't matter to them because mm-hmm. it's not white recognition. Like yeah. I bet you if enough white people were into uh, one of these creator-owned black things, they would, all be, they would be all into it. Yeah. You know? And... They'd, they'd like black, excellence, black excellence they'd be hashtagging oh, it left and,
1: and right and low t there probably are more white people checking for it than black people are and they you know how they get when they are quiet about when they're you know into something that that, that yeah. that's an ethnic thing or that's a black thing you know and there's always like a, a a handful of white people there checking it out you know just like uh tariq was talking about uh a while back about all the white people that go on vacation to haiti you know because they're down there learning some of those haitian martial arts and stuff like that and but yeah. you know but a lot of black people are not really checking for haiti like that you know what i mean
0: well i'll give a great i'll give a great example um i knew this guy he's like a kind of a jack and jill type of uh black guy jack and jill being like that uh kind of bougie social registry mm-hmm. that a lot of black people are into that considered like the high-end um Social butterflies of the black community, mm-hmm. that that black bourgeoisie, and he said that he went to um, Africa, and all his other Bridgie black friends were like, "Why'd you go there? Why'd you go there?" But white white people go to Africa like a, a lot. lot, right? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. all the time. Yeah, there's a little. But I bet you if white people go yeah. to Africa, I bet if I bet I bet if enough of these uh, black Bridgie people knew the extent to which white people went. They would probably change their mind about it too. They'd be like, Oh, wait a minute, maybe going to Africa is cool.
1: Oh yeah. I bet you without a doubt. When they see some of those vacation spots in Africa that, that are real swanky, you know, they'll start to change their mind. Because I'll be honest, I was even ignorant about a lot of that stuff, you know, until I got more conscious and started really looking into um the continent and some of the things that it really offers. You know, I had the same imagery of Africa yeah. in my head that was that was uh fed to me through The media that is every other black person. You know, it was never the destination spot.
0: Chinua Achebe, the guy who wrote, the Nigerian guy who wrote uh, Things Fall Apart, he has a collection of essays. It's called The Education of a British Protected Child. And it's all about being African, but growing up in a British colony and how it kind of affects your brain. And he was talking about how they were very encouraged to read fiction. Um, uh, by their white teachers and stuff. And one thing he says interesting is, you know, you read all these. He said back in those days, a lot of colonial fiction, a lot of the stuff is like white people encountering the savages. You know, basically like mm-hmm. um, people know about the Tarzan type stuff, but you have a lot of other stuff where you know the white adventurer who's going into the dark continent and whatever, and he's facing off against the savages, and he's with the one black um, sidekick. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one black sidekick. Like the trope goes on like over and over. Yeah. You know, there's a million like adventurous stories like this, uh, or it'd be like a uh, Alan Quartermain. You know, it's something where they're always going and encountering the primitives. And he was talking about how all the black kids in the school, because it's basically an African school, they all read the books and trade the stories, but they're all thinking of themselves as the white hero, oh. and viewing the savages in the story the same way a white kid reading the story does. Like, they identify with the hero and with the savages and he was just talking about how that kind of fucks with your head. You kind of internalize a lot of yeah. this stuff. And I, and what blurs the way blurs think about stuff is, they don't think hey, wait a minute, redeem the savages mm-hmm. and sort of the not-savages and, you know, make them better. They instead think, hey, Make a black guy be one of the people who's fucking up the savages too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like um, yeah. they want to be represented on the other side of the equation. They don't want to uh, say, "Hey, you know what? Actually, fuck this dynamic." Yeah. And let's let's redeem the savages. They they want to yeah. be at the table with the white with the white hero.
1: Right. Exactly. Or they never portray the white hero as someone that's invading uh, a specific way of life. You know, so they'll come in and they'll portray the savages as cannibals, and you know they're eating people and all this other bullshit. And so that's something that is needs to be destroyed and eradicated from that particular culture, right? But they never, uh, yeah, show things from the perspective of the savage, so called savage, where they actually have a very nice way of life and they're happy living the way that they're living. You know, no cannibalism or anything like that. And then here comes. These white people um, trying to squash their way of life. It's never portrayed that way. And if it is, if it is portrayed that way, it's always a white savior who fights back the corporatists, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Kind of uh, Avatar had the dynamic in this. Avatar would have that dynamic in in disguise. You know, it's like that that white guy who's kind of a traitor to his own people goes and Mm -hmm. rallies the primitives. You know, he he goes native. Mm-hmm. And they view themselves like that, too. Like, you know, they don't really feel themselves... These blurs, But even if they were to kind of um, try to take the side of the savage, they have to find a way to uh, still imagine themselves as being closer to that avatar-type character, that that uh, white savior. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Wakanda yeah. stuff. The, the Wakanda stuff in Black Panther is very fascinating to me because uh, the Black Authority on YouTube, he has a a radio show about uh, Black issues and he was going in about how invested blurbs are into Black Panther, you know, this thing created by two white guys and whatever, and they're so invested into it but not invested in Black-created things that would put money in uh, Black people's pockets or, you know, all that stuff, and a lot of people were calling him to argue with him. There was a guy very, you know, arrogant and angry, and he was calling in. He he, he was a nerd, and he's like, yeah, you know, well, I guess you don't know your history because the Black Panther is the head of a mighty nation, and he does all this stuff, and he was rattling off all of the fictional Black Panther's accomplishments. And and (laughs) then... You know, like, like like as if he was a real black icon. Like you know, I'm like not only is not a, this is not a real person. This is a fictional person. He's not even created by a black person. So you can't even say by proxy, oh, he's a black accomplishment because he was created by black people. Like it's just it's 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 nothing. But then uh, the black authority, you know, well, he goes by the name of Jason Black. He said, okay, so you know everything about this. He started asking yeah. questions about Africa, like real Africa. Or just real black people, or real historical civil rights figures, or anything. Because can you name three black uh, writers? Can you name an African writer? Can you uh, besides Chinua Achebe? Can you do this? And the guy could not answer any question.
2: None of it. It was funny too because he was because you know Jason was critical of that that scene where the guy had the plate in his lip, and the in uh, the trailer, and the guy was like, "That's that's history." He's like, "Okay, what what tribes had that?" Um. Uh, uh. Uh. It's all over. It was all, it was over. all over. He couldn't. He could get anything specific. I think he asked him. It was funny, man.
0: They had a guy in a suit, but he had plate. He had a plate in his in his lip, and the guy was de- defending it. Yeah, yeah. Jason Black was going in on him, and the guy knew absolutely um nothing about.
2: He just made him look like that's sad. Yeah, but. nothing about real black people nothing about real black like he didn't even know where like I couldn't couldn't name where he asked him where Malcolm X was born where Martin Luther King was born or he asked him a lot of you know questions about black history in America he couldn't you know recent history even I think he asked him a couple questions he couldn't yeah he
0: he was so angry but the funny thing was he was trying to kind of paint it as being about being pro black but it had nothing to do with being pro black it was really about recognition by white people like you know he was just so happy that that yeah. that this guy black panther is going to be there on the screen standing next to the beautiful glamorous white um heroes and what these what a lot of these black nerds do is that's how they are in their friendships with white people like they are happy being that token they are happy even if they are kind of blatantly shown. Or treated like you know a mascot mm-hmm. they're happy being mascots in their friendship yeah. so they're fine seeing a fin or whatever being yeah. i'm not saying that the black panther is a mascot or what because at least to the credit of that character very common isn't like yeah he is that very competent you know but the point is the competence is almost irrelevant to them
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah at the at the end of the day and there was one meme that was going around yeah. that a lot of blurs were retweeting and yassing. There was like a lot of a lot of yasses with like ten A's. But, you know, there were it was uh Black Panther lecturing Tony Stark, where Tony Stark was saying something that was kinda of like a microaggression, like uh and then Black Panther was like, Well, first of all, I'm not your boy. I'm the leader of your of a nation. And also I have my own money and I have a bigger fortune than you. And you know, he was basically mm-hmm. just serving yeah yeah uh, I mean, that was tony stark and i'm like <laughs> even had the same guy created both characters and he's white you know like <laughs> right like first of all he's fictional and what difference does that make yeah yeah like you're rattling off and i it's guess a lot of them probably opposite. dream of being able to lecture uh their white coworker who makes microaggressions and they're just afraid to and they just Uh-oh.
2: So oh, they living vicariously through these. Yeah, leaves.
0: exactly, and that's wow. my problem with a lot of these blurs. They just only care about his white acceptance. Yeah, all the time.
2: I guess that's kind of my problem with uh, a lot of a lot of this stuff. Now, I used to like to watch uh, the Walking Dead, for example, and you know, like I, I was one of those. I I still am to a degree, you know, where I could just watch it, you know, watch a show, watch a program, and, just watch and not really think too much about it. You know what I mean? Don't you know? But then when I started to you deal. Know, I think particularly when – um, I guess it, it was it was problematic right off the jump when I in, – in hindsight. T-Bone. Uh, T-Dog. T-Dog. T-dog oh, yeah, he was the worst. T-Bone. T-Dog. T-Dog. Yeah. Uh-huh. With the T-Dog yeah, character. Now, it, it yeah. Like, you know, I just did not – I don't know how that went by me. You know what I'm saying? But like when I thought back on it, I'm like, that guy was the most, especially, his you know, baby, feet don't fail me now. <laughs> uh.
1: Especially having read the comics, man, because black people were not portrayed that incompetently and buffoonish in the comics at all, like, period. So yes. I don't know why they yes. decided to make that happen in the, in the television series,
0: which is- T-Dog's very first yeah. scene was him getting punked by an old white supremacist guy right. and it's basically yeah. and it's like, a, it's like a white racist have this wet dream of the quote unquote ghetto black guy uh, being a punk when he's confronted by a white guy who's not afraid right. and that's totally what happened, he yeah. was acting all tough he's a gangster stereotype the white supremacist um, the white supremacist like, basically punks him and smacks him around and he's cowering with the white women in the corner yeah <laughs> so, so he's in a huddle he's in a huddle with the white women while the white like, yeah boy and that's what's up and, they're all, and, then, and then who comes along to uh rescue the cowering black guy and, rick uh, white yep rick, rick rick the white guy comes in and the white savior. yeah comes in and punks the white supremacist like you know like so the white savior has to go uh Protect the black guy and the and the white woman. Like he's put on the level of a damsel in distress. He's carrying with the two white women, one of whom is like really old.
2: And he always <laughs> that he's always that. Remember when, remember when they were out looking for the little girl that that got missing or whatever? He's you know he got injured, so he's he's got to stay back with the old man in the RV. Like all the women and men are out looking. You know everybody else, even Carl, the little boys are gone. Looking for the girl, he's got to stay behind because he's... That's
0: a big. That's a big trope. If you look for it, I don't know what the name of it is, but the black man as nursemaid to white kids. That goes oh, back to Bojan. yeah the, the Tyrese character. Yeah, they do that a lot. That was what. I, a good, that was what. That it for guys, me. With that that with, yeah, with Tyrese. the
1: Tyrese character because I read the comic. That was now what they did with that character was total, complete, thorough and utter bullshit, you know and I'm
2: not, yeah but what T was with the, that trope that T was talking about with the nursemaid, you, you remember when they had uh, Tyrese walking with the papoose, got the baby in yeah. the papoose <laughs> and you know, he's got a hammer in one hand, I'm like it's like, I'm like,
3: oh my yeah, yeah, god, yeah, yeah. it's just like a big baby I'm telling
0: her. you, if you look for it, it happens a lot and I don't, I honestly don't know the psychology behind it, I don't know what the fixation is of yeah. Uh, tough, masculine-looking black men being babysitters for white people, but it's 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 not as prominent as the mammy. But there's a lot of. It. I mean, it goes back to that Mr. T show. Remember Mr. T? He's just going around chaperoning white kids around the country. That old <laughs> Mr. T cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and the yeah. kind of uh mock it in uh the Mike Tyson Adventures mm-hmm. uh comedy show. They have that, but I mean, it goes back to um, it goes back to. Bojangles and Shirley Temple and Uncle Remus, but there's mm, something about, there's good something good about that it's an old trope. I was reading this book by a guy called Donald Bogle uh he's somebody I hope to get on the show eventually, but it's called like Coons, Bucks, Mammies, and jezebels something like that it's a it's this book he has like seven editions of it he uh, Coons Bucks Mammies, and I forget the fourth one that yeah no this was called toms coons mulattoes mammies and bucks it's a book that has he first wrote it in 73 and he's had a bunch of editions um since and he was the one that uh i first read where was pointed out and he was talking about how that trope exists and when i saw the tyrese thing i was like that's a, that's that same thing he was talking about yeah
2: yeah that was disgusting to me and that's what kind of kind of opened my eyes to you know you know, what was going on. And then you see the Morgan character, you know, Tyrese, he he got to a point where he struggled to be able to kind of, I don't know, pull the trigger, if you will. You know, he was they they all became just so
0: uh... Yes, neutered. neutered. And and neutering is the thing I really want to talk about, too. Because these black characters have to exist in a way that allows them to be palatable to white fans. And I guess white male fans don't want the uh, black guy to be too much of a threat, particularly a sexual threat. And in the comic book, Tyrese was uh, actually sleeping, if I remember correctly, one of the white women, and he cheated on her yeah. with um, Michonne, I believe.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah MDM sent me uh, sent me some cl- uh, screenshots of that comic. and I was like, because I cause never mm-hmm. read the comics. And I was like, wow, he was like, he was like, no, the way, comics yeah, are nothing way like different. Uh, way he, didn't, different.
1: he wasn't in the in the in the show, he's chasing the white woman around. He was like freaking out over his white woman in the comics. Yeah, he's he's whooped. He's he's whooped her yeah. the white, white, white right white woman. It's not that yeah. way in the yeah. comics. It's the opposite. She was whipped yeah. on him, and then when she found out that he was sleeping with that he did something with Machone, then she went and tried to kill herself. And Rick was actually mad at him about what she did in trying to kill herself. And he confronts the Tyrese character, and and Tyrese beats the shit out of Rick.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And 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 I and I think I think especially hey, didn't Rick beat the shit out of Tyrese? Yeah, it was the
1: opposite in the show. Rick's trying to come. It
2: was the other way around. around. That show
0: has a lot of weird. uh, I mean, I stopped watching it early in the second season, but I was listening to uh, an episode of uh, Cows: uh, Context of White Supremacy, where Gus and Tariq had a long. Discussion of all the racist stuff that happened on the show. And I was like, "Wow, this show got a lot worse since I stopped watching mm-hmm. it." I'll put a link to that episode in the um, show notes because it's, it's it's a it's pretty crazy. But nudity is a big thing because I'll give another example. I I saw a lot of people getting excited because of a cyborg in Justice League, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Do you guys know how the how the harems worked and the African slaves that had to guard the harem?" What they, yeah, the uni- yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to castrate them. They used to, the Arabs used to right. castrate the um, black slaves so that, okay, you can guard the harem, but we're going to cut off your dick so you can't fuck any of these girls. So mm. they just had these big, birdie black guys who had no penises and they were safe to leave around um, the white women. And what the guy noticed is a lot of times they have characters who, if you're like very masculine or whatever, You'll be kind of neutered as in you'll be kind of mm. almost asexual and yeah. uh cyborg is like a literal example of that like the guy has no dick like you have these <laughs> like six guys yeah. who are and and a woman who are like look like a pantheon of goddesses they're like, just all gorgeous and beautiful, yeah. and then this guy is like a toaster you know what i mean he's he's
3: like <laughs> what black person what black
0: kid what black kid <laughs> Is going to read the comics and want to be him. Like when I was growing up, nobody, (laughs) black or white, wanted to be Cyborg. I I used to read. Nobody thought Cyborg was cool. We thought Black Lightning was cool. We thought Static was cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I read Teen (laughs) Titans at the time when I was growing up. He wasn't in Justice League, but he was on Teen Titans. And Mm -hmm. like I would imagine myself doing something cool, like what Nightwing did or what one of the other white characters did. But Who wants to be the guy who has no dick? So, so he's safe to leave around Wonder Woman. He's the one guy that's never, (laughs) you know, you can leave him alone with her in the Watchtower, Justice League Watchtower, and he's never gonna fuck her. You know, your sexual anxieties Uh. don't have to be excited (laughs) by, um, by Cyborg. I'm like, this character. I can't believe this character is who they elevated to the Justice League. Wait a minute, you
1: you mean to tell me that? uh... Black Lightning is never left alone with Wonder Probably Woman. Probably not.
0: Or like Mister, <laughs> or like Mister Terrific. Or anything. I don't think they even let, let them on the team. You know what's the thing? If they, Maybe. if they were to put them on the team, if they were to put them on the team. This is what they would do. They would marry them off. Ah, okay. Or make them gay. Or make them gay, or they marry him off.
2: You never see his wife, and you never see you never like, see like his for spouse, example
0: um, when they put when they put um. Luke Cage on the Avengers, even though they, they, they married, yeah, even though they married him off with the white woman, they still he wasn't playing the field anymore, you know. So, mm-hmm. so she's like a sacrifice, but she's kind of a messed up, alcoholic, um, whatever. Anyway, so she's not even like, you know, right, uh, top notch virtuous white woman. She's a fallen white woman. So it's it's okay, right? But but even mm, on the sh- I never picked up on yeah but even on the show uh, Arrow right like uh, Arrow everybody's sleeping with everybody all the time you know like Green Arrow has just basically uh, banged everyone on the show so you got this guy Diggle who could realistically be a, Wait a minute, what's his name uh, his name is Diggle there's a character Diggle? There's a, uh, D-I- Diggle D-I-G-G-L-E. <laughs> his his name is D I double G. oh Diggle yeah diggle um to be fair he's named after a green arrow writer called andy diggle so they gave the character a white guy's name uh he's so, so i don't think there's any racial uh implications to the name uh,
2: no i don't think it was any racial implications i just oh, thought it was a, oh, uh,
0: you just wanted to know
2: a sexual maybe a sexual it was a oh. reference to his to his to his dangle Oh, they, they oh,
0: interesting no no but no but actually <laughs> he just uh they named him in tribute to a writer but i mean okay uh but Weird. but he they married him off super fast so basically when there's all these you know how it shows like friends there's all these different like alignments like oh this person's dating this person oh wait now nah, this person's dating this person or all this stuff he's never in that romantic mix with the characters he's never potentially uh, hooking up with any of the white female characters on the team because they domesticated him instantly so he's a really alpha guy like he's very competent he's very alpha but you know if he left him around one of the other white girls who's kind of reserved as a potential love interest for arrow i think it would cause a kind of sexual anxiety like like there's just two female characters This two white female characters who are both blonde and attractive. One was called Laurel, and one was called uh, Felicity. And they both basically exist to be in the main white character's orbit as uh, sexual tension. So if this guy was uh, muscular, attractive, super competent, and hanging around these white women too, there's no way they wouldn't be potentially choosing up on him as well. So I noticed they married him off. Right away, once he became part of the uh, thing. And the same thing with with Luke Cage, but yeah, Cyborg is the most literal um, realization of that because the guy is a a literal eunuch guarding. And his job in the new Justice League is literally to guard the Watchtower. That's all he does. He lives there. He doesn't have a house, he doesn't have anything because I tried one of the new comic books. He basically sleeps there with the computer and has no life. And just searches the internet all day for potential threats. Well, the rest of them have their double life where they go home. Bruce Wayne Batman will be Bruce Wayne and do his playboy life, and Clark Kent will have you know Superman has Clark Kent life. Cyborg does nothing but be Cyborg and just guard the Watchtower and have no penis.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, they tried to uh, normalize him a couple times a while back, right? They took away a lot of the uh, the toaster. <laughs> Elements to him that may and make him look a little bit more human. Yeah,
0: yeah, because when he first came out, he was like almost all um human. He was maybe like 50% uh toaster parts, and he was still kind of disfigured and always feeling sorry for himself. But um he also used to chase after a white woman, kind of like Finn did, but it was the very it was very mm-hmm. chaste, just like Finn. He never had any sex with her or whatever. He just but back then he had a penis. That's what's interesting about him. He used, <laughs> he used to have his center body be human in flesh. It was one of these extremities. That's half of his arms and half his legs. And part of his right. face. And they gradually just kept making him more and more uh, machine to the point where now, mm-hmm. yeah. they, and they used to blow him up a lot. They used to disfigure him a lot, which I think is kind of, there's something about mutilating, mutilating oh, black man. bodies, the imagery of it that people kind of get off on he was always getting gratuitously blown up all the time so now his only human part is like his head like like they've had scenes where they've separated just his head and swapped out his body he's totally uh, disfigured he's gone and what's funny is the more representation they gave him the more human parts he lost to to now he's not even a whole head he's part of a head that's basically like all he has so this 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 black writer uh actually uh, came out railing against it about saying that he's a eunuch and this black writer, his name was David Walker, I think, uh, was hired to write a cyborg um comic and he, he pointed out the penis thing. He said, um, Cyborg is a eunuch. He's uh is very racist you have all these beautiful white people and you have this one guy who's um, who's just basically a eunuch. He gave all these things about it. A lot of white fans got really really mad at him for oh, pointing yeah. it out. It's like, oh, you're doing reverse oh, racism? Yeah. Why is everything about race? Cyborg's a cool character, but this guy made one of his, he said Cyborg is a walking uh, piece of black emasculation. So he set out to reemasculate uh cyborg and he gave a lot of press about it. So yeah, he put a lot more human parts on cyborg. And I believe in one story he went as far as to make it known that cyborg has a dick ag- has the dick again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he basically he basically uh he basically didn't last long. Like, like he was like he left the I- book after a couple of issues.
1: Oh shit. I would have been curious to see. If he would have just went about his business silently and just gradually brought those changes about without um yeah, the press.
2: We got that bad where we like to announce what we're gonna do before we do it, you know. Well,
0: well, well just just I'm yeah. torn on it. This is what I'll say. I think he should have done it silently, but then after it was all done and he left the book, then talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, Cause I do think I, I do yeah, think yeah, light yeah. had to be shined. I think it needed to have light shined on it. You know what I mean, but mm-hmm.
2: yeah, but he was going well, to do something about it, and he was going to do something about it. So telegraphing exactly. your, your move, he should have
0: did it first. He should have did it right. first, and then told on himself. Um, the yeah. main yeah. story, um, is on this. Well, see, well <laughs> if he if he did if he would have done it himself first,
2: then the backlash would have came. It would it would have been them looking like they were yeah. Well, see, that's what I wanted to
3: know.
1: That's what I'm so pissed off because I wanted to know if there would have even been a backlash or people just kind of are these some kind of cool changes? Okay, or would they've been actually upset if he made those
0: changes? You know. Well, there was there was um, an article that kind of kicked it off. It's um, by this writer, son of Baldwin, and it was called "Humanity Not Included." d c cyborg and the mechanization of the black body I just put it in the links I sent the link to you mm-hmm. and it's it's a pretty good it's a pretty good um article right and he talks about all like the oh and something else with cyborg cyborg has that same trope I told you about about um a big muscular black guy who's asexual and takes care of um uh, white kids oh. because his character. Is always kind of shown babysitting uh, another character called Beast Boy. Like Beast Boy is literally green, but he's a white kid who just has green skin. But he's he's basically like a white kid. Mm-hmm. But he he's basically the, like he's never like messing with girls or anything. He's just basically babysitting Beast Boy all the time. <laughs> is what he does. Right. And um, so he talks about all this, and the article went kind of viral, and. It was around the same time that David Walker was uh, starting the comic. So I think maybe this article kind of maybe forced David Walker's hand because he's about to write this character and suddenly this article about um, Cyborg being a symbol of emasculation comes out. And then David Walker was like, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because my run is specifically uh, poised to counteract that mm-hmm. yeah yeah. So,
1: yeah so let's um i wanted to kind of get back into the uh the blurred thing so we could kind of put it in a neat little bowl or whatever what um because i'm kind of torn on it myself but can you maybe articulate for me and for us you know the basic uh, critiques that you have of them and and the culture and everything like that.
0: I mean, a big thing I have with them is that I feel like their experiences being in a very predominantly white hobby and also digesting a lot of art growing up that uh, is majority white, is white centered, panders to white people whatever those uh psychodynamics that they've you know been reading about or that they have among their friendships they're trying to apply that to um politics uh they're trying to apply that to to politics and that's where I think the problem goes on. They treat politics like that. Politics is just a giant um like, tokenism and... Because mas- these characters, a lot of times, are tokens and mascots. Mm-hmm. And in their scene, they kind of become tokens and mascots in their scenes. Like, like one guy wrote me uh in Gmail at the show website, mm-hmm. and he was talking about what he's experienced going to conventions and how the black nerds, you know, really get off on being, you know like mascots among their friends in their circles. Oh, okay. And then when you start trying to talk about serious politics with that same type of mindset, it's really annoying. And that's kind of what happens. Uh, an example is anytime I see politics being black politics or political analysis being offered by a blurred, it's always really problematic representation, representation matters, mascot stuff. Mm. and. To give an example is uh, we've talked about it before, but Gotham Girl Blue mm-hmm. has some clearly blurred tendencies, and we were talking about a recent um, a recent thread that she did, and she goes also reminder Bernie Sanders has accomplished nothing. <laughs> what entitled what entitled him to run against Barack Obama's handpicked successor? <laughs> and it's like, are you serious? Like, like what right, do you want? Right do you a want mon- a monarchy? Exactly, like,
2: right like Doesn't determine who gets to be on the throne next. He's you know, this is this is not, uh, you know, some type of middle aged kingdom. Well, it's supposed yeah, to be a democracy.
0: Game, she, some Game of Thrones. Some Game of Thrones. Like in her mind, it's Game of Thrones, and right. you know, there was somebody who was in line to be the king. Mm-hmm. And then somebody came and deposed him because, no, this is democracy. But that's what I'm saying oh, like, wow. they view things like fantasy. She's viewing this like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, you know, Hillary was Barack's handpicked successor. And then the usurper, Bernie Sanders, came with his <laughs> loincloth and his sword.
3: And, <laughs>
0: and his dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With his dragons and and his dragons were the with Bernie bros, you know.
2: What? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's how they look at these things they, i would love for everything. somebody to make like a like a, a skit of that you know what i
0: mean yeah oh that oh, would be hilarious. hilarious they probably wouldn't even get it because it would be like oh this is just real life like they wouldn't even understand what's being fun of them probably if they saw yeah. Bernie. you know what's scary yeah. to me is, you know it's
1: the fact that she could say that And not even think twice about it. Like, you know, that's probably not the best way to put this. Like, in her mind, the president gets to handpick his successor, and that's just what it is. You know, like, there's no... Nothing. It's, oh, you know what, we we are a democratic republic, so, you know, that's kind of not how it goes. No, just, this is the handpicked successor. This is how it's supposed to be. That's scary. Yeah, they apply apply that childishness to everything. Well, you remember the you last know, part of her rant last week, that we talked about, you know, what she said. Um, what is she <laughs> she said um oh shit, it was something along the lines of uh it's our turn now, damn it or something like that. Remember? I was kind of mocking her.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. She she's looking at it like some um like okay, here, I'll tell you, this is the email that I got I I got from um, a guy who is on the comic scene that was complaining about it. He says, I want to thank you for taking your time to speak to me about this, because he was complaining about it himself. He said, for the last couple of years, I've noticed that black folks have been championing representation in the media, and many of them, especially on Twitter, have written so many articles about this. I started to wonder whether or not the reason for these outcries have been about wanting white people to write us the way they write about other white people. Why is that? And it's true because they don't care if the writer white a lot of the times, as long as the character is black, right? But in comic book fans, this is very evident. We want black versions of Spider-Man, Batman, Wonder Woman, etc., but supporting black-owned comics doesn't really come up. When the D23 Expo hit, I was astounded by how some black fans in the audience were shocked about how white Marvel's employees were. I thought to myself, "What fantasy world did you just get out of?" <laughs> the creators of these are white men creating white characters. It's just strange to me that we fight over crumbs on the table, but then complain that the crumbs are too small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was that was basically it. Oh and yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Mm. man, I-, I can't
2: argue with that. I mean, that's the yeah. that's the observation that I have of, of things. You know, they, they they
1: do live in a fantasy world. And uh, I was thinking when you mentioned Spider-Man, I I went back to Donald Glover's old comedy show where he talked about how, you know, he when there were rumors going around that he was actually going to portray Spider-Man. And um, I think there was some even some outrage about it, you know, from some of the white fans. And in his comedy show, he said, who the hell wants to be? I want to be Spider-Man. What the hell black heroes do we have? Shaft? Who the hell wants to be Shaft? I'll trade Shaft as Spider Man. You know, he started yeah. going on about that. And that kind of reminded me of that, you know, uh, where he didn't have any black heroes to draw from. So he wanted to be a black Spider Man, you know. and So it's not enough to have a black hero. He wants to be the web
0: slinger, you know. And, and part of the reason why is because I think a lot of people pick up on the fact that. These heroes are written, even if it's unconsciously, in a kind of inferior way. And the same thing happened with um Black Panther. Black Panther he didn't really, really become badass until a black guy started writing him in the nineties. Uh, Christopher Priest. Yep. I mean, like, I mean, like he was always nobody competent, was checking, but... nobody was checking for Black Panther, man. Yeah, nobody. yeah. He he was competent, and to give credit, the first two people that created him, they they, they debuted him uh, pretty badass, but it wasn't long. And so he just kind of became, um, you know, kind of just like a very secondary and Mm -hmm. clearly inferior, like competent, but clearly inferior to Captain America and the other ones. And it wasn't until Christopher Priest wrote him that he was really considered to be like an equivalent to the white characters, like as genius as Tony Stark, as competent as um, Captain America. Yeah. So... I mean, like, I think what Donald Glover was picking up on was, was that he was picking up on, there's something that doesn't feel right about these characters. I don't want to be them. And I felt that growing up too. There was hmm. no, there was not really a lot of black characters that I thought were like, man, this character is really bringing the heat. You know what I'm saying? No, no, you're right. What about Bruce Leroy? No. Yeah. yeah, Bruce, Bruce Leroy. Yeah. But yeah. But Bruce, Bruce Leroy was like, a, um, black created. A yeah. <laughs>
1: No, but yeah. I, I feel what Tia's saying, because when I was a kid, Luke Cage wasn't cool. I, I knew even as a kid that Luke Cage was kind of a buffoon, you know, the way that he was written at that particular point in time. Now he's written very competently. Oh. Back in the 80s, man, in the 90s, Luke Cage was kind of, when he was Power Man, you know, he was kind of damn near Sambo kind of like, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. He was very physically competent, but he was kind of right. like stumbling around. He wasn't like the brightest bulb. Right. It
1: was like, you better get me my money, sucker. That's why they were the heroes for hire, you know? Just, yeah. I ain't doing no rescuing until I get my money. You know, that kind of thing. It was just like, oh, shit. You know, I don't like no shit like this, you know? There's a I like to punish. Yeah.
0: There's a famous story where Dr. Doom doesn't want to pay uh Luke Cage like a $200 bill, right? Mm-hmm. Like like uh Doctor. Yeah, Dr. Doom. <laughs> owes uh Duke cage money right two two hundred dollars now
1: for those you of who it, don't bro. know those of you that don't know dr. Doom is like the head of an entire country he has a kingdom right
0: yeah yeah and Hello? uh dr doom is dr doom is uh the head of a kingdom and
1: Latvia i believe it is
0: yeah and he basically stiffed Luke Cage on uh $200. So Luke Cage incurs an incredible amount of expense to fly to Dr. Doom's country and get the $200. And, you know, he basically, like, takes a plane for the Fantastic Four, flies there, beats up a bunch of robots, does all this stuff, and then, um, uh, Dr. Doom, actually, I'll find, I'll find, I'm gonna make this a picture to accompany the show. Um, Dr. Doom goes, when my men reported a crazy black man in the Fantastic Four's craft, I knew it had to be you. And then Luke Cage responds, <laughs> Luke Cage responds, Where's my money, honey?
1: Where's my money, honey? Yeah. Okay. So ecstasy on top of all that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. So, yeah. You
2: know, well, you know, I never got into the comic scene. And, uh, I, you know, I guess, I'm not sad about it now.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. a lot of problematic
2: <laughs> stuff in it. But but, but, but oh, yeah, but, but yeah,
0: like like these same like blurs when it's time to do comic books, you're still applying that same mascot white approval, uh, whatever thing. Like you're talking about um, Hillary as Khaleesi. It's a very um, oh, jeez.
1: No, please don't tell me that. Please don't fucking tell me that they're calling Hillary Khaleesi. Uh,
0: Oh Please, yeah, they always no, call her Cali, no, uh, no, no. and they're always using like a um, black slang with them. They're not.
3: Um, uh,
2: well, I know this one doesn't really have anything to do with the um, with uh with the blurs and all that. But did you see the thread where? I guess you did because I I think one of you guys must have posted it. Um, with, with the with the Cardi B, where they where they were making Cardi B a socialist, oh, a my champion God. of socialism with her lyrics and her song. I- oh, Oh yeah! The is get, you know, yeah
1: something yeah. that I just—I I didn't see coming, and I don't get it. I'm the old guy in the room. I'm, I'm—I'm get off my lawn guy on this one. I don't know where this chick came from and what the whole hubbub is about her. Man, what I don't get it. Like I just—I really don't get it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but this—this is what yeah, it is. I'll tell you exactly for- what it is. uh A lot of these, this is a term that's been going around on Twitter, and it's funny. And these, it's another term for blurbs, because a lot of them are blurbs, but the term Blavity Blacks, and if you go on Twitter and search Blavity Blacks, uh, everybody's clowning them now. But it's just basically these blurbs who are trying to write about racial politics. And this is another thing that bothers me about them. But they're so white-identified, they can't help looking at black people through the eyes of white people so the same way i talked about uh how people like Issa Rae kind of oh, use hood people and ratchet yeah. people as a kind of avatars for what they want to be like oh i wish i could be this sassy yeah. or you know like like, a, like like they have that same thing Uh-oh. so they're kind of bumping cardi b almost like ironically or as like a spirit animal mm-hmm. you know they're they're uh they're, they're enjoying it ironically kind of like how a lot of white people will listen to trap music ironically oh. and draw blackface parties you know and somebody made a good thread about it his name is miles johnson um he goes by house mother i'll put the thread on but he's like i'm not bumping bodeck yellow because of cardi b's socio-political analysis uh what he's saying is i'm not i don't have to make her into some kind of uh, ironic, uh activist to like her i just think it's a hot song right he says blavity blacks are the ones oh let me put some context uh cardi b said something and this was considered like transphobic or problematic and and then all of a sudden all these people kind of turned on her but she was being who she's always been which is just like uh an ex-stripper uneducated hood chick from around the way she was never claimed to be woke and never claimed anything but because these people kind of ironically built her up to be this kind of um activist or intersectional feminist, uh, like half ratchet, half woke. Then they acted betrayed by her. So this guy was defending her, Ugh. saying like, you know, you guys were enjoying her ironically and using her as a way to express your id, whatever, the same way white people do with hood people. He calls them Blavity Blacks. Uh the the black the, the blurs who were doing this. Uh and he was kind of taking him to task for this. So he says, Blavity Blacks, which is another term for like um, blurbs, are the ones that push Cardi B to be a feminist slash social justice slash sex positive icon because it would be cute and ironic. Blavity Blacks love vacationing inside of hood aesthetics and language and over-intellectualizing people and things to justify their participation and then get mad when the person turns out to be a person, not your flawless billboard of feminist politics. And now you want to act all shocked. Feminism can't be everything to everybody. And you can't just project your hopes and motives on another person. The person has to claim it. Cardi B never said she was your feminist slash black slash queer icon. She never wore it. She said she was a stripper from BX who doesn't want to dance anymore. Blavity blacks will do articles like 100 times Cardi B was a feminist fave hoe is life. Cardi B said something problematic, then Blavity Blacks are like, oh my god, canceled. Y'all don't like Black people and all the ways we can show up unless it meets a respectable standard. If you stop using Black people as marketing slash branding tools to authenticate your own Blackness, you begin to engage Black people as human. And these dramatic cancellation moments wouldn't be necessary. You'd be ready to either teach, ignore, and still enjoy the art or just disengage. But acting like Cardi B got the nuclear weapon codes and dug up Maya Angelou's bones every time she says something problematic isn't what it's about. You know? So he was just going on about how these blurs have are insecure about their own blackness and authenticity and then start engaging in this uh they start engaging all this hood stuff ironically in a way to uh I guess feel more authentically black themselves but they're still looking at it like a white person looks at it they're still looking at it as a stereotype you know so this woman's uh thread came out recently and she was doing the exact same thing that that guy was talking about Uh, she was basically doing that uh blavity black thing uh the thread i don't have it up now but it was basically talking about how Cardi B is a communist icon. And <laughs> oh all, all, all the times that Cardi B um basically was was representing
2: uh for... It would give a lyric, it would say a lyric of uh, she would type out a lyric of the song and then she would translate it into socialist uh ideology. Uh I can't remember. One line was um,
0: Oh 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 I found it, this is where she goes, she goes, when comrade Cardi B said, si no hablas de dinero es mejor que ni me hablas, she was talking about distributing wealth to the proletariat. That's how it starts. And each one has a picture of Cardi B, each it's, it's tweet. This is red bottoms, These is bloody shoes, equals overthrowing the bourgeoisie may be a bloody affair, but the working class will prevail. It just keeps doing that for every single uh, Cardi B lyric. I don't dance now, I make money moves. Say, I don't gotta dance, I make money move equals, I don't enjoy capitalism, I redistribute wealth. Oh my God. And it just, and it just goes on uh, and on and on. I'm going to put it in the, in the show notes. And a bunch of like uh Blavity Black blurs just jump in. You know, everything is cosplayed to them. Everything, everything is, is cosplayed
1: to them, yeah. That's one yeah, of my biggest yeah. problems. Is they, they, it's hard for them to interpret anything outside of the lens of comic books, video games and, you know, pop culture. And everything stays childish. Everything stays childish and infant infantile, yeah, absolutely. And their their yeah. their their style when they want to talk about these issues is petulant, you know, just like when we talked about Gotham Girl Blue last week. Um that was petulant which she did in her lashing out about the Hillary Clinton situation. This is petulant with her saying, um Her the rightful heir of Barack Obama, or the appointed successor to Barack Obama. This, that, and the other. You know, that's all childish, man. It's it's just like that's not a serious um, view of the world and how politics works. And I think one of you brothers said that um, you heard a recent uh, interview with her, and that all kind of came to bear out as she was talking. You know, in the interview.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. She was on Harmontown, which is the Dan Harmon um podcast, which is something that, you know, still is in those kind of geek circles. And and she was brought onto that show. It was um what was the episode number? It was like two fifty something. It it it's um anyway, she was on Harmontown. Harmontown is um Dan Harmon's podcast and She was brought on, based on her tweets, to discuss and deconstruct um, the current state of politics, (laughs) particularly particularly, uh, the world of Donald Trump, what this means for the Democrats, uh, what is going to happen now. Okay, it was episode 252, Epiphany was the name of the episode, and they had her on and it was just so one-on-one and basic and childish and kind of a fantasy. You know, she was basically talking about how Bernie sucks and, and he took it away from Hillary and she was going to all this stuff. She was doing her usual standing for Hillary and you could feel her losing them. They were like, Oh my God, who did we invite? <laughs> on? Like-
1: but What is that? I, see, I don't think that's her fault. I think that's their fault. You couldn't read that, that, those slate of tweets and see that this is not a person that that is going to be able to break down uh politics and geopolitical issues
0: and things I like agree that. Like, because, I agree because when you read when you hear them introduce her and it's very fawn and they're like, oh my God, she's so incredible. I found her tweets and she just really breaks it down in an amazing way. You could tell there's a lot of projection going on. Like, like this uh-huh. like they're talking. And like I'm I'm thinking to myself, are you talking about the same Gotham Girl Blue here? Yeah, I, wh- so, so 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 you're right. You're right. It is. It is. Um, it, it is what you said that they yeah, are at fault. fault. Yeah. And on the Reddit, on the Reddit for Harmon Town, it's like one of the most negatively received episodes uh, ever. <laughs> uh, you read the comments, and and uh, she said, one guy said, "Well, um, how did he?" This is a comment thread. He goes, "How did Dan come across her?" you know uh,
1: (laughs) like where'd they find this one at
0: yeah and then somebody (laughs) said i think she had a twitter thread on bernie sanders that got some retweets thanks to some help by joss whedon and eventually dan saw it and then um he linked the thread and then the person responded god that thread is even more childish than i expected it's basically he's bad because he says mean things about my friends Right. Even if you are a center-left neoliberal Clinton supporter because you believe in progress but think everything happens most slowly, you must recognize the necessity of people farther left than you and not just, you know, act like it's about your friends and the cool kids club, you yeah. know? And and even and the, the threat is just more and more of that. It's 211 comments of people just basically saying, um, wow, this woman is incredibly childish. Like, is this person for real? Why did he even have her on? She sounds like... Yeah. Kid and one person even even said, "Hey, I'm a Hillary supporter," and she embarrassed me. Like I, I oh I, yeah, see, yeah. See, and that's what eventually, I'm eventually, what happened is, of course, some people come in and say, "Wow, she's really bright." And I guess a black woman can't have an opinion. So a bunch of people oh, are pulling man. the black woman cards. She goes, "This is why black yeah. women don't like to speak up because they're always getting silenced." You know, sorry, you white men can't can't take. She wasn't saying that, but I guess. Her fans were in the um, comments thread.
1: Damn. That's a tough spot to be in because it's like, damn, I can't. How can I? Well, anyway, I'm not going to go there. But she. um, There's nothing intelligent about what she said at all. There's nothing thought provoking or, you know, it's just basically a petulant rant. I don't like I said, I I don't even know why she's getting that many retweets. But I mean, this goes to show that's the state of of affairs today,
0: yeah, and and honestly, the other thing that the yeah. other thing
2: that was oh, the other thing I thought that was weird to me was she's she was like, you know, bernie Bernie Sanders accomplished nothing, I mean, yeah, that was he's at cool. least accomplished as much as Obama had before he became president right. at
0: least as much and, and what's funny is somebody, I don't have the link to the tweet, but Somebody actually listed all the stuff he's accomplished in <laughs> uh, <laughs> response to that tweet that she did, and yeah. and of course she didn't uh, respond to it, but she doesn't. But she doesn't respond, really care anyway uh, because she's living in fantasy. It doesn't really what, reality what, doesn't really uh, matter. What legislation did
1: Hillary Clinton ever put her name on that uh, she was getting out in front of? Did, yeah. Anybody- the one that stuck. The one that the one that
2: stuck with her was her voting for. The war in Iraq, and she never lived that one down. Yeah, uh, yeah but uh, as far is. as anything positive, anything pos- any positive legislation, I don't. What, that what? was the
1: that's the typical stance for her, though. That was the popular thing to do at the time, so she went with it. And that's what you she know, does. She, she didn't. Does yeah, on, didn't introduce uh, any unique legislation. What I want to know: what legislation has she oh. ever introduced? Like this is the Hillary Clinton. Um bill for you know school reform or some education reform or whatever like what
0: yeah yeah
1: what
0: yeah i have no idea and maybe someone will let us know but i want to add one other thing because i know this is what people are going to say people are going to be like oh why are you picking on blurbs let them be whatever and i'm like if they were just minding their own business it wouldn't bother me but the problem is Blurs are at the forefront of black media. Like these people are the ones who are making themselves into the face of uh, mainstream anti-racism. Like a lot of the BuzzFeed people, the Blavity people, the black writers or blue checks who write for mainstream prestige media. Like they're all these type of people. You know what I'm saying? And they're have white people's ear. Like uh, important white people and they're kind of making themselves into the face of black people as a whole and even doing stuff to help sabotage other black people like how they all got on board with uh, tearing down uh, Nate Parker even though he was doing something that would really have changed the game for black people because he had black producers he Had black self funding. He did black, like, he wasn't just trying to get a job by by white people. He was actually trying to create a new model for black people to make their own movies outside of the studio system. But that didn't matter because they don't think beyond the optics, you know? So, you know, they were pushing the fiction that, hey, you don't need to support him because if it's about black people getting jobs, just support hidden figures. And it's like, no, that's two different things. Hidden Figures is written by white people, conceived, produced by white people, directed, you know, whatever. And it's a studio-approved, greenlit picture. Nate Parker's picture is a totally different thing. It's a guy who just hit the pavement. In the,
3: yeah, in independent. independent. He
0: went hat in hand. He went to rich black people and got money from Whoa. them. He got just black producers, black writers, black directors, uh, not needing to be greenlit by a studio first, totally self-made, and then a studio bought it later after it had gotten critical success and word of mouth, it would have been a totally different game. But because Blurds never think beyond tokenism and appearances, the Loving movie is just as good as um, oh, man. whatever. And that's why the Blurreds, uh bother me so much is that they dominate the discourse so much with their kind of toxic childishness if they were wow. to, you, yeah,
2: yeah there you go t that's, Ooh, yeah. okay, so, that's, so, uh,
0: that's that's all i have to say if you guys can add whatever you want
2: now i i, I think i'm i'm cool on the blurred. i don't want to <laughs> yeah, pile on guys the
1: constant um need to live vicariously through fictional characters and then projecting um things onto real life people as well projecting their own
0: yes um
1: which is fantastical
0: which is about I guess the whole reality. sleigh queen the, the whole sleigh queen Hillary thing is about like you know H- Hillary has kind of like this weird sassy black woman that is a total fictional character. It's the same thing they're living through nothing.
1: Characters. Right. There's never, Hillary Clinton is never, um, it's like everybody can be a sleigh clean now. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they turn
0: real people into fictional characters and then live vicariously through them. Right.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that, that's, that's really a scary situation, man. I, I always had this idea in my head that if we ever get to the point um, in terms of technology where you can get inside of those machines and like have actual virtual reality like one-to-one and have smells and basically, you know, all of the century over every, all of the sensory experiences is is able to be replicated in virtual reality. Like black people, those blurs would just never leave those places. You know what I mean?
2: We'd be in the, yeah, yeah. They'd
1: never leave. They, they'd starve to death before they left those places, you know? And and,
0: And, the fake world would just be one giant Afropunk concert. That never ended. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but, yeah. And, I mean, you know, I don't know what it's going to take um, in order to get them to kind the sheer of sheer amount of septum rings
0: that would be in right. this fictional world.
3: Would be- oh man, it's
1: crazy!
2: You know the thing about the thing about the blurred the blurred. I guess bothers me is that is the, the title, the Black mm-hmm. Nerd, because you know when I when I think of the word nerd, I associate that with. You know, a, a, a certain level of intelligence uh, and a certain level of creativity, uh, of both of which they have, you know, not displayed to me at all. You know, they're they're more of a, um, uh, yeah, they're just yeah. going nerd, along with whatever nerd used to these mean other people. be something made, with actual you know I mean? smarts,
0: but now nerd just means you consume hobbies. That's all it means. A nerd, being a nerd, is just about consumption. How much stuff can I buy related to right. this hobby? Yeah.
2: No, okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Though you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I,
1: that's exactly.
2: It, 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 they have no creativity. Yeah. Like they don't. They you know the, the original nerds. They imagine you know a world yeah. that really coming into, into play. You know, yeah. a lot of the These they imagine we have value. You know, what you know they just, just
0: buy and whatnot. Um, toys and yeah. comics and outfits that just kind of advertise I'm part of this group and they're just trying to kind of buy an identity um, damn I want to end but I just remembered a really good article and this is somebody I'm hoping to get on the show Um, somebody wrote an article about how geekdom has become a actual uh, oppressed identity in the mind of geeks and and uh oh. Yeah, and he goes on oh, about how and yeah, that's why a lot yeah. of these white people who are fans are doing all these racist comments and feeling threatened by, um, they're feeling threatened by all these, uh, black characters. Or when they change the race of a character, they get really upset because they feel like they're being pushed aside for like another minority. This is what the article is called. It's called, um, for, oh yeah, postmodern geek them as simulated ethnicity. And he talks about the big bang theory and stuff, like geeks are almost like an oppressed group. Like you start forgetting that they're actual just white people who are as privileged as any other white people. You know, they start acting like they're um they're as marginalized a group as lesbians, as gay people, as black people, as immigrants. They start buying into themselves as yeah. an oppressed right. culture. And we talked about how, first it's funny because at the end of the day, they're still white and predominantly male. But then on top of that, it's also funny because Mm. geek culture is the most dominant culture there is right now. Like it is the new mainstream. So it's it's like a a Mm. double lie. But what's interesting is, you know how we talked about how Mm. black gay people or black immigrants or black whatever they're all about this get on the winning team minor, uh, mindset where it's like okay, black has been the losing team for so long, if I could be part of another marginalized group, I'd rather focus on that part than the black part because at least that part mm-hmm. yeah, they get some wins so it's like okay, they team games every once in a while. So I want to focus more on the gay part than the black part because mm. I want to get on the winning team or team immigrant is winning Even though I'm presenting myself as an intersectional, like, black immigrant, I'm more focusing on the immigrant part than the black part. Same with the black feminists. A lot of the black feminists, you know, they really care more about being feminist than being black. I think a lot of blurds have internalized this mindset that these white nerds have of viewing nerdiness as being an oppressed group. And they're doing that same thing. They're like, hey, um, I'm a double minority because I'm black and a nerd, like, you know, I'm double oppressed. They have that same <laughs> fucked up view of nerd, them, and they're getting with the winning team. You know, <laughs> they're like, uh, I'm gonna focus on my nerdiness.
1: So, social awkwardness is a, is a yeah, uh, yeah, minority yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, it's a a handicap. Handicap. exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, yeah, wow. yeah, and if you look at it, like, who uh, thunk it? The type of autism that uh, geeks have is almost being presented as a superpower in fiction now, if you notice. Like, you know, Sherlock Holmes is basically like a...
3: Cool.
0: is like a autistic guy with superpowers. Yeah, yeah. Well, not. not, not, not I mean, the new Sherlock Holmes, oh, yeah, the way like they portray it, him yeah. now yeah. in the Sherlock Holmes, he's basically an autistic guy with like a superpower, right? Magical yeah. things pop up in front of his head when he... He doesn't actually right. deduce anything. He just divines things by magic, you know, and... Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what he's... type of Samantha. Yeah, wow, it's a I didn't it's the new Sherlock Holmes that well, i I'm into that. now. He's, Sherlock Holmes he's like a it's like a superpower. He goes into this thing called the mind pal. Is that animated? Uh no, it's um it's a British show by BBC, but nerds
1: Oh I know, okay, uh, yeah. Nerds, I watched
0: the first two pieces of that. Yeah, yeah. And it it really Tumblrfies um Sherlock Holmes. It's basically Sherlock Holmes is somebody <laughs> from Tumblr, uh created him is what basically and and then yeah yeah so there's no
1: real deduction going on there It's, it's almost like uh he goes into the matrix or some shit yes and starts pulling uh impossible making he's making impossible deductions like you know yes that you would never be able to make with any amount of clues there's no real detective work being done there's no real dissecting of clues or anything like that. It's just, you know, he walks into a room and somehow he knows that seven people were just sitting there and they left 15 minutes ago or some shit. Yes, so it's like, yes, okay, exactly. the spirit, the spirit tells him or something. Or? No, kind of no, it's, uh, I know, I think miss- it's almost like a, uh, it, it's almost like a, like a type of clairvoyance. I would say so. It, it, it's, it's, it's almost like a type of clairvoyance because there's no real um, logical explanation or or real logic behind no, the
2: deductions no, that he makes. No, no, there's not. And then words pop well, up. Well, that's kind of the of purpose of Sherlock No, Lark no, because Sherlock
0: Holmes, he can do something that seems like it's out of thin air, but then he'll... Oh, the explanation, though. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll explain it. This one doesn't really explain it. He just kind of divines it. And you assume he has some kind of reason why he's doing it, but they never yeah, bother right. to really flesh it out. They make it seem like almost like a superpower. Or like,
1: I'll give you an example. Of some, uh, I'm going fuck up the show for people who's never seen it, but you know, so be it. Um, there was one scene that, that I just had to laugh at where he gets shot. And then in his head, he breaks down. The best way to fall so that he doesn't go into shock. The best way to, you know, how to breathe properly so that he he doesn't die and have a sucking chest wound and all this kind of stuff. I'm just yeah, like get the like hell a out of com- here it's with kind of that a human
0: shit, computer. You know? Like like there's one scene where he walks into a room and there's a dead right. body and he looks around and all these things pop up on the screen. And there's this um video called Sherlock is garbage and here's why by a guy called h bomber guy it's on youtube and it's like an hour and 50 minutes this guy took so much time doing it but he breaks down all the ways that because he's apparently a big sherlock Holmes buff and he just talks about how the new sherlock is just basically just just nerd bait with uh sherlock at as a superhero so he so, so he 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 breaks it down yeah, so i'll put down the show notes if anyone wants to see better examples of uh what we're talking about yeah, but I think it's a good good place yeah. to close yeah mm-hmm. alright guys it's been real sure. and after this I think we'll lay off on blurs for a while I hope that answered everything I don't think it will I think we'll just open up the door to just a lot more defensiveness but we answered we answered no alright guys so be good